Hey everybody, welcome. My name is Matt. I'm here with Andrew. You wanna wear a bustle? Yeah. <laughs> Who taught you math? Throw me a bell. I mean, Put it on the, the internet. internet. Send it yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> Saucy minx. <laughs> Shut up, man. It's not the liquid that burns. It's a fumes. Wait, I'll tell you, Johnny discovering the internet and Tinder and trying to date Hilarious. in 2020. It's like, Inception is internal sunshine of the spotless mind on crack, basically. Crack. Nothing beats Cry Little Sister, in my opinion. That's got to be one of the, if not the greatest uh, songs to come from a movie. Throw me a freaking bone here. And Quarles just erupts into laughter, and he's like, "It's a piggy bank." <laughs> I love when people say like crack. Who've obviously never done crack. It looked ridiculous at the end because it looked like he was just taking his hands and just kind of throwing it at the guy's face. You're just one of those. Uh, what, what do I like to call them? The, the mouth breeder, uh, not mouth breeders, so much as popcorn eaters. The horse is outside. Oh, well, that's why I'm not wearing a bustle. <laughs> I love his character. Throw me a bone. They call themselves the Cowboys. But then at the end, where you know she's starting to, you know, where her want, true self come true, true self come through. I didn't even notice that until yeah. now. Neil McDonough has a, a very unique look about him. He's got this white hair, bright blue eyes, you know, and they make reference uh, to it. Uh, you know, they call him that. Big stupid baby heads. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Joel just stops in the middle of the memory and looks up and he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. Bugs. Let me tell you something. I'm from Buenos Aires and I say kill them all. Shaves his beard, I guess, with his fingernails or something. <laughs> that is a hell of a thing for you to say to me. Good night, mud sucker. You tell him I'm coming, and hell's coming with me. You hear? We're saying Star Wars. Okay, I want to let people know that, not the sequels. Throw me a bone. Yeah, you know. I hate hearing my own voice. No, I, I do too. It's well, that was one of the things when we first started this. You mm-hmm. you, you hated it because you're like, oh, I don't like listening to my voice, and I think yeah. you just get used to it. Because yeah. remember, when I was there, I was like, I don't want to be on mic. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do anything. You know, I don't want to talk. And then you know, I think eventually we all got comfortable with it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, this is awesome. You guys sound great. I, I know this is gonna be this is gonna blow up. It's gonna be huge. You guys are in a really um, niche market i mean there's a lot of people that love movies like you guys do and want to talk about them well and you know we, we come with a lot of experience too just because i mean we we've been doing this since you know either of us could talk pretty much yeah you know since you're kids oh since we were little kids i mean we've been talking movies you know and that's everybody that knows us knows we love movies yeah i mean you guys are the movie brothers yes absolutely. i'll tell you this anytime you know me and brandy get done like watching something a show or a movie or whatever and we want to we're not done like watching it we we look it up like what 
alternate endings like what 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 did that mean stuff like that you know like a what so, if yeah, yeah yeah like hold on i don't know if i'm understanding what they're trying to yeah. what they're trying to say you know yeah. so there's just a lot of people i'm sure that that aren't cool with just the movie they want to they want to do more they want to go dig in you know oh yeah yeah and I, i'll do that during a movie you know yeah. if it's an older movie that's 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 you know has enough information out there about it or whatever i'll look it up during the movie you know if i'm at home not a jerk in the theater i don't you know yeah. pull out my phone I, I in caught, the middle of the theater i actually but. caught myself doing that yesterday um because I, I get home or no it was friday when i got home from work and the wife's watching uh deal or no deal like old episodes right and uh she's like do you recognize that number 24 suitcase holder or whatever and i'm like no i, I can't really see it very well she said, oh it's it was, it was Megan, the, the queen there yes, i mean the new the princess, princess or yeah. whatever yeah oh. she she came from deal or no deal that's where and she really? was before suits i was like there's no wow. way and then I, yeah i look it up and i'm like that's yep. wild man mm-hmm. I, who would have thought you know like the uh, a princess from england uh, royalty used to uh you know hold was in uh, yeah hold howie mandel's suitcases <laughs> yeah, you know right <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um, today we're going to be talking about 300. Um, we have a special guest with us today, uh, Ryan Conley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he is the owner of Ryko Roofing here in the DFW area. Um, he also has history in the bands uh, Oh Sleeper and Terminal. Um, you have a very special connection with us because you formed both of those bands with uh, our cousin Lucas, uh, who passed away in 2018 in December um, from cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you and I, we had met a few times and everything, but we had never really hung out. Didn't, you know, get to know each other until, uh, Lucas had passed away mm-hmm. and his last few months, you know, we got to know each other a little bit better. Um, and then, uh, afterwards it was his mom, Jerry, who kind of said, Hey, you guys need to hang out. I think you guys would click. Yeah. And, uh, so we kind of, we kind of clicked. And then, uh, one day you came to me and, uh, you said, Hey, you know, I know you like to do music and stuff. You want to produce a, a podcast uh, for the the roofing company I'm working for right now? And I was like, Yeah, sure. Yeah. No, that wasn't my my response. My response was like, I don't know anything about podcasting. <laughs> yeah, I don't right. know anything about all this. Um, but I mean, I, I was like, you know, let me try something new. You really pushed me out of my comfort zone of being not doing much. Yeah. You know, just being comfortable, not doing much, mm-hmm. doing my own little rhythm and stuff. And you kind of helped to push me out there to learn new things, to learn how to uh, learn about the world of podcasts, you know, not knowing that it would, you know, then lead to mm-hmm. this. What was your kind of experience of that whole situation? Yeah, I'm just, well, podcast? I'm sitting here in this dope studio <laughs> uh, with just just hearing a couple of, uh, of the intros to some episodes that just blew me away. I'm looking at this huge post-credit podcast <laughs> poster. Dude, I don't think this could be more pro. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. You know, That's awesome. so a merely, you know, what, six months ago is when we had that conversation? No, about that about was a, uh, August year? of last year. Okay, dude. so it was a year ago. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, no, man, I, I was like, it just dawned on me. I kind of wanted to, you know, we did that on the Hunt podcast for a bit, um, and it just dawned on me one day. I think we just got finished building your roof, actually, mm-hmm. and uh, you were showing me music. That's right. And I was like, oh, do you edit? I was like, dude, this guy would be dope at podcast, at like podcast stuff. And then, and you are. So I got to pat myself on the back <laughs> yeah. for, for finding you. Yeah. yeah. And that's why we wanted to bring you for the last episode of, of this season um, is because really there would be no podcast without you because mm. um, 
Andrew and I, you know, we've talked about movies our whole life. It never once ever dawned on us to start our own, you know, review column or mm-hmm. YouTube uh, channel or podcast or whatever. It was just something that we talked about. Mm-hmm. But when I saw how uh, you um, and the other hosts worked on that show and, and how, you know, you could come together with similar interests, yeah, I realized that me and my brother could hold that same type of conversation yeah. and push it yeah. especially when, things you know, that we haven't thought of. Exactly. And especially, you know, when when we've been doing this for years, you know, anyways, you know, and having these kind of conversations and, and, you know, in, in all reality, it, it just, it was just easy. It was, I mean, not, not easy to, to get it going and, and to keep it going and all this other stuff. It's just easy to, to talk about these type of things, you know, and talk about movies and mm-hmm. TV just cause it's normally what we do anyways, mm-hmm. you know, and just, you know, like talking about things that interest you, it, it makes a podcast successful, I think, because the the ones that are not successful, bad editing, all this other stuff, it's just kind of the ones that are going in there, you know, half cocked, mm-hmm. going into it, and and you know, not really trying to put any kind of effort into it, you know, and you can you can hear that, you know, when you listen to these podcasts, some of them where that you know you could tell that maybe this guy's really interested in it, but this other one's just kind of like eh, you know, or gal or whatever, you know, it's 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 never you can hear the the interest, you know. Mm-hmm. when you're listening to a podcast you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. it's just yeah and that's a good indicator if you're in your purpose if mm-hmm. if things are natural and it's easy you know mm-hmm. you sit down you guys have been doing this since you were kids right so yeah. so the only thing that's different is you have a mic in front of your face now yeah but that's it i mean you didn't have to force anything yeah. you know um so it's cool seeing it's cool seeing this from the inception to where you guys are at now and i still believe that you're at the very beginning yeah uh, yeah. This yeah, is going to this is going to be huge. So I hope so. Yeah, it really took us out of our kind of comfort uh that we've always lived. I mean, we've we've always, you know, we've had jobs and and gone out, work for our jobs, get a paycheck, come back. But we've never been some, you know, people that have have worked hard on something to put out there in the world mm-hmm. that you're not going to receive anything back mm-hmm. there for, just trying to build something. Mm-hmm. And that relates a lot of what you do with your mm-hmm. job. Mhm. And I think I, I think working on that show on the hunt, it really helped me realize you know all the, th- the things that you guys talked about with mo- the, you know your mm-hmm. motivation, your fears, and mm-hmm. all that, and pressing forward, mm-hmm. and you know getting out of that alpha or beta mentality or whatever, and getting yeah. into more of a mentality. I'm going to do what I want, and I'm going to I'm not going to be pressured by any of these outside world, any of these other podcasts mm-hmm. or anything like that. I'm going to do what I want and be happy but still work hard on making sure that it's the best that i can put out there and i think um not that me and andrew have ever been real lazy but we've never had anything like it's like you know this is something that we can really take create build and put out there um because we we just have so many random interests but the one thing that we've always talked about is movies and tv so i know working for for me personally working on the show meeting you getting to know you has really really pushed me to you know to carry this thing yeah. and, and to keep carrying it as far as it can go yeah well that's, well, I, that's I, awesome and and i think i think you know it's when you're doing a podcast for inter- you know for instance you're not really in front of a lot of people right so you know it, it can even take somebody who's an introvert to get out of their shell you know and and, and really kind of get out of their shell you know on, because because you're an introvert i I am an introvert but you know like talking talking to people and things like that it's not my favorite thing but here i can talk to you know tons of people 
without having to look them right in the face. You know what I mean? You just don't get any. You're just talking at them. Yes, I'm talking at them. You have complete control. (laughs) Right, right. You have the microphone. And obviously, some somebody out there actually likes listening to what I have to say. So you know, I'm going to go with it. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, we've got many subscribers and uh, and and people following us. So uh, we we know we're doing something right. Something. And we just want to take that this time real quick to uh, to say thank you to everybody who's been absolutely listening to our show and being involved with this first season that we've been trying to do we have no plans on stopping uh we are going to take a break after this episode just for a little bit probably release a little a little something in between this season and next season um but uh we're definitely going to keep this going and uh we just want to say we really appreciate uh, everybody who's stuck with us and, and uh, who's continuing to come and to listen to our silly conversations <laughs> so yes. uh so ryan um you uh you worked in some or you 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 were a member of a couple bands Mm -hmm. you had uh some pretty good success with that touring around Mm -hmm. uh released a couple records and all that kind of stuff uh you left the band to uh to join the military Mm -hmm. and uh, you went in the navy um coming back from that um, what made you? What made you? I guess decide to get into what you're doing now. You're now an uh, owner of a roofing company mm-hmm. called Ryco here in the uh, Dallas Fort Worth area. Um, so, so what? After all those experiences, being in the band, touring around the world, um, being in the military, touring around the world mm-hmm. again, all yeah. that kind of stuff. What? What made? What led you to to what you're doing right now? Um. Honestly, man, it was. Uh it was it's a cra- kind of a crazy story. Uh, I I was led here out of pure survival, to be honest with you. I, I had just uh, so I got out of the military and I did some contract work for the government. So I did, um, you know, in the military we did a lot of counter narcotic work, and I did that same thing for a private company. But that was hard on the family. You know, I was gone. I was gone sixty days, home thirty days. Um, so I got out of that and got into sales did sales for a while. I really liked sales. Uh, I liked communication. I liked communicating with people. And I liked something that uh, was performance-based, something that I could get better at and make more money doing. So um, something that allowed me to apply myself. Um, But I hit, you know, uh, kind of a brick wall because I went through a divorce uh, and that really knocked the wind out of my sales. and it took me a while, it took me down to a pretty low place yeah. and when i was in that low place i always thought of like roof salesmen and knocking on doors and stuff like scum like scummy like yeah, used yeah. car salesmen cheap yeah yeah like knocking nobody, on doors nobody takes seriously yeah like that. like you're selling magazines yeah. knocking on doors or something yeah. you know it's like just claim it on your insurance yeah claim it on your, you know whatever. yeah so the really the honest to god truth what happened was i uh I I lost my job, my sales job. I quit. I was pretty depressed, and I was in an inside sales job where I was doing most of my pitches from uh, like like Zoom or like WebEx, right? So I'm I'm at home in my apartment. So I'm battling these you know demons of depression and anxiety and stuff, and I'm not going anywhere. I'm not getting up and getting dressed. from the yeah, world. Yeah, I have to, I'm having to do my pitches mm-hmm. in my apartment. is super rough. It wasn't good for me. Right. I stopped selling. I wasn't doing good. I wasn't performing. So I had to make a switch, and uh, I just I just quit. I quit the job, and I didn't really have anything backed up. I, I cashed out my IRA, and I had you know a little bit there to live on. 
Um, and I was about to have my boys for for the whole sum for the month of July, and I didn't do a good job of planning of like how I was going to work mm-hmm. and have my kids, and so I mean, I just it just kind of came to a head. I feel like I was led there um, by God, the universe. I don't know that people call it different things, but yeah. a, a higher power kind of took me down to that low place. It, to me, it, I watched that scene in Three Hundred uh, where the where the kid. Um, it's kind of like the the end of the Agogi where he battles the wolf. You know, and yeah, the, right. That's where I feel like I was at in that in that spot. Um, and I was on Facebook and a, a friend of mine or an acquaintance really, um, posted something about, do I know any sales people? There's this roofing company that's hiring. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, uh, dude, I, mean, I, I, I had, yeah, I'd always had a lot of success like on ZipRecruiter mm-hmm. and monster and stuff where I just, you know, I just thought I was going to get another sales job in the automotive retail vertical, or I was going to do, you know, I was going to sell something, mm-hmm. make big bucks, you know? And uh, I, dude, nothing was coming up, man. It was like I was getting, you know, just these weird, these weird jobs like credit card, merchant services, and right. just stuff like wasn't good. So, so I, I felt like I didn't have any other choice. So I, I responded to her Facebook thing, and I was like, hey, what? You know, I wasn't super enthused, but I was like, so what's <laughs> what, what's going on? What, what is this? I might have to do this. She's like, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's this new company. They're, um, it was called Lot, L-O-T-T Construction, Lot Construction. I don't think they ever really got up off their feet, but he, he, he actually, the owner of the dude was the dude that did the zombie runs here. You remember when like you would, you'd run around. Okay. Right. Yeah. And they would, zombies would chase you. It was kind of like a marathon type thing. Yeah. So he was launched a roofing company. He's looking for salespeople and, um. I mean, I think you only have to go down to really like go down to Chicago, downtown Chicago at like two o'clock in the morning to, to have somebody have, chase to have you. a zombie. Run. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd probably be for free, you know, Yeah. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, so, so it was almost kind of like a sign for you, I guess, you know, the, the way that they were just kind of that, that, that certain thing kind of, you know, put, put I, dropped I in your lap. In I a didn't sense. know it. I didn't know it. I mean, yeah. I, I, my ego was too big. I had to get really knocked down yeah. to, um, for it to for me to accept it or yeah. for me to pers- uh, look into that to to that whole thing so but then i did and then i learned the business model i was like wait so i'm not actually like on the roof like hammering shingles and no. and they're like no like you're, it's sales it's like so the then face. i learned about like like the margins and stuff and i'm like hold yeah. up hold up it's almost this, like a separate entity in a way, right? Yeah, in, in yeah. I mean, a roofing company. Uh, the majority of roofing companies here have they 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 sub out the work. Mm-hmm. So there's a labor market, and then there's like the front end sales portion right. of it. Fortunately for me, and I think this is a god thing too. I mean, I've just I have the best subs that that are around. Uh, the most loyal. Um, um, hardworking attention to D de- I have like yeah. the best subs. So so nice to see the pictures you post with yeah. all the, the Ryko on their vest. Yeah. And stuff yeah. Like yeah. That. It looks so nice. Yeah. So I, I, um, I learned about it and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to crush this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, now I got it, you know, but I yeah. wouldn't have, I wouldn't have learned about it unless I had been so kind pat- of in a, in a dark, dark place. Yeah. And, and you passed your, your agogi. Yeah, right, yeah. right, the agogi. But yeah. but but you know, even even able to see that, you know, it's not like 
a used car salesman. You know, I mean, even yeah. nowadays, like you know, our uncle, he he been selling cars forever. You know, but I mean, he's not that that yeah. scumbag type mm-hmm. personality that that they always portray in the movies and mm-hmm. TV and things like that. That what salesmen are really like. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, it doesn't matter what they're selling. You know, these salesmen are always they use always use the analogy of used car salesmen yeah. for for anybody that sells anything. Yeah, you know? I, I mean, I quit a good job when I was nineteen to go sell vacuums. You know, oh God, these, you these were horrible vacuum. at that. Well, they, I lasted two months. I sold one to my drummer <laughs> for my band. No, to his mom, to my drummer's mom, yeah. and I was like. Well, that's about it for me, you know. He, he couldn't even sell one to our parents. Well, so, I mean, you know, you had the guy, he had like the the, the Corvette, the Ferrari, yeah, you know, the main salesman person. Games. Yeah, and he, he brings you in. He's like, this is, this could be you. you could have this I Corvette. used to be in your seat, and now I got this nice yeah, car. And it right. could have been a rental yeah. or whatever or a lease or something. Yeah. But uh, I don't know about you. I mean, I don't I don't think even people that, that have lots and lots of money would go out there and spend. I mean, okay, now I can't say that really because, yeah, they would spend money on god-awful things, but on a vacuum. You know, I mean, when you get one that'll last you about two years from Walmart and you spend 50 bucks on Mm -hmm. that thing, it'll last you about two years and you're good to go. You make you make that money back. That being said, that was in 2003. And to this day, she's still using that she vacuum. Has that oh, vacuum? Wow. Oh, she said it hasn't vacuum. hasn't missed a step once. Wow. So oh. I don't even remember what it was called. Uh, it was no, no, no. It's okay. it's the name you've never heard of. Okay. It's one of these things that, but it looked like it was built out of like adamantium or or yeah. some kind of weird like, metal yeah, or some unbreakable. It was like the DeLorean of vacuums. Like it could almost go back into the past, right? Something wasn't it? About yeah. maybe just just flux just capacitor, a, just a regular yeah. DeLorean. Throw a banana in there, you know, whatever. <laughs> some trash or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that's cool. Um, I, I, when I called you and uh, asked you to, to if you'd come and, and do this episode with us, um, I'd ask you what your favorite movie was, and you told me that 300 was up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm yeah. not sure if it was your favorite or whatever, but it was up there, and we wanted to do 300 anyways because yeah. we're big fans of Zack Snyder. We're mm-hmm. big fans of what he did with Man of Steel. We have an episode on that. Um, but I remember Lucas um, – he, you know, he always talked about how Zack Snyder was his favorite director mm-hmm. ever. And, you know, when I had doubts about Man of Steel, I'm like, dude, look at Sucker Punch. Come on. And he's like, yeah, but look, yeah. you know, there's, look at it visually and everything. He's like, you got to have faith and everything. And I was like, I don't know. And the Man of Steel came out and I was like, that was a really good movie. So, yeah. I, you know, I had a lot of appreciation for it. But this was like his, Zack Snyder's second movie after... Um, well, this is actually the, the first movie he ever started production on at all, period. Well, he, he you know, yeah, he had started he it, but he had to do it. Dawn of the Dead first. Yeah. Is it Dawn of the Dead or Day yeah, of the Dawn, Dead? Yeah, uh, Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. yeah, so like the remake and everything. That was like his first official film. And then yeah. he got to do this film, even though he had started it before Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Um, and, uh, man, the reaction to this, because they, a lot of people wanted it to be like Sin City. You know, they wanted yeah. it to be rated PG-13. Which was only a, a $74 million grossing movie. Right, compared to this one. $200 million. Which is like $220 million, wow. something like that. Yeah. So uh, He had no idea that it was going to gross that money. He wanted to get, to get close to Sin City money. Didn't realize that he was going to surpass it. Yeah, and that's why they wanted it rated PG-13. Because historically, you know, studios want to put it out... Let's make it ready to Let's make it middle of the road so we can have all of this mm-hmm. audience and all of this audience and everything. And 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 because you know ours, you know, before Deadpool yeah. and, yeah. and movies. Well, like it was that. it was the high, highest uh, grossing rated R comic book movie of all time until Deadpool. Yeah, and so, so sometimes those don't last or no. whatever. But I guess what what draws you to this movie? Is it the aesthetic? Is it the director? Is it the historical? 
accuracies slash inaccuracies. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know what? What is it that that's completely that, accurate? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the monsters I think, and I think my state rhino, was rhinos and, yeah. like like the guy at the end with the the claws on the, the claws, for arms. Yeah. It was like that's just not. No, that no. doesn't work because, but in, in, in you know, Zach Snyder came out and said that he was trying, he was trying to make it just so, um, he was trying to make it inaccurate. He didn't want it to be inaccurate. He just wanted to fill the theater. Well, he wanted it to look cool. Right. Yeah. He's like, I understand that the fight scenes and the phalanx and all that kind of stuff aren't completely accurate, but it looks cooler this mm-hmm. way. And that's what Zack Snyder values over almost everything, including right. story, is style over substance. Mm-hmm. But it's it's too, and usually I don't like that. But it, but for some reason, Zack Snyder movies, like even though Sucker Punch was, a, in my opinion, a terrible movie, I mean it's still cool to look at mm-hmm. and to watch and yeah. like the visuals and everything. Mm-hmm. So I mean, what what is it about? Yeah, this I didn't movie? mean to interrupt you. I apologize yeah. about that. Right. So so what is it about this movie that 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 makes it one of Man, your favorites? Um, so much of it ties into my past number one I, I saw it with luke uh that was the first time i saw it in the theater with with luke and some of the some of the other dudes um and a big part of O sleeper's first record was inspired by this movie um the soundtrack we thought was just amazing I mean, it's still amazing i oh, still yeah. like jam the soundtrack in my yeah. truck but you'll hear a lot of of 300-esque uh, influences from yeah. and the when i am god Record. I did not know that actually. Yeah. I had no clue. I mean, yeah. we, I, I we knew we were obsessed with Tyler Bates. And, right, uh, right. And I knew Lucas was really like you know he 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 did a lot of had a lot of inspirations in his life in general of movies. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, a lot of things influenced him. You could tell, you know, just by talking to him. I mean, because he grew up kind of like we did, and you know, always watching movies. Mm-hmm. You know, his his mom his mom would take him to movies constantly. His dad loved movies. You know, but you know he 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 drew a lot of influences from movies you could tell i mean i mean just look at all his tattoos you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and and you know he drew a lot of those influences from movies do you feel like you know society today in the way you run your life i mean is is there anything that influences you like maybe something in the movies or absolutely you know the type of stories you know that, that story is i mean it's the archetypal story of i mean it's the david and goliath story yeah Yeah. it's what i feel like every uh not just entrepreneur but every 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 person at some point in their life feels like they're the 300 you know at against xerxes right they're they're going up against you know how how am i ever going to do this how am i ever gonna how am i ever gonna build this podcast when there's you know blah 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 blah, you know how am i gonna build this roofing company when there's 6500 roofing how are we gonna get signed when they're you know what i'm saying yeah yeah so i'm off that story i'm just drawn to that story i'm an underdog Mm -hmm. guy i love underdog stories i love the david and goliath story so Mm -hmm. that's really is just a amplification of you know what you know i feel like is my life um and it's it's to to overcome obstacles um to use strategy to be smart to be disciplined um so there's a a a bunch of of 300 um gets me yeah amped for my life yeah you know when i get up in the morning you know no i'm not you know grabbing my spear and putting on my helmet (laughs) right but but going through my head is like, okay, how how am I going to how am I going to do this? 
what are my yeah. what are my hot gates? I mean, what what are my advantages? What are yeah. my strengths? What are my what's your armor of God that you put on? You know, every yeah, day, day yeah, out, just, right, just right. go forth. You know, yeah. So how, how? Yeah. So movies definitely inspire me. It's hard for me to. I don't think I watch movies like you guys do. Yeah. Um I I think I'm probably listening to music like you guys watch exactly movies. yeah i was about to say that yeah so, yeah. yeah i'm definitely a consumer of you're movies. what we call a popcorn eater yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i, I and that's like, not an insult no, at no, all no, no, you know no, no. i got it i i i don't really know producers yeah. and stuff but i like i like to watch movies for the story i'm a yeah. I, i'm a storyteller mm-hmm. and uh that's how i sell is by telling stories yeah. um and so that's how I like that when I go to, to a theater or watch a movie, I want to be in the story. I'm not exactly. really. Yeah. I'm yeah. not watching so much of the, um, of the production, right. I think, but I can appreciate it. Like I can tell that that's movies yeah. different than saving private Ryan. Yes. Like they're yes, two yes. That, like once historically yeah. like, okay, we, this has to be historically accurate. accurate right. And then this guy, I feel like, you know, the guy with the claw arms, I feel like <laughs> made absolutely no I sense. Feel like, yeah. I feel like he did that to, to be like, look guys, obviously yeah. this is not historically yeah. accurate. So don't, hang don't like shoot me down for the phalanx yeah because i have a guy with claw arms that obviously you know what i'm saying yeah so if you don't throw in something yeah like if there's something that's not over the top you're gonna have guys that are like picking it apart as far as well historical yeah and why do we why do we have elephants and rhinos and greece and stuff like that so well well and and even snyder says that too i mean he he says that you know he, he even told them to add more monsters because you know he he Told him to be as weird as possible. As weird as possible. Right there near the end of the uh, production, you know, he was. I mean, because this this movie was only shot in sixty days. Sixty. Wow. Sixty really? days. The whole movie yeah. was shot in that's sixty wild. days. That's wild. Because, and, but that's because Zack Snyder's a planner. You know, yeah. if you know a lot about him, he's a very good artist. Um, so, you know, every director before they start, they have to draw storyboards, you know, to show, okay, we know how many scenes we got to shoot uh, and we know what order we want to shoot yeah. this in. But they were actually able to take the graphic novel that this movie came from, from Frank from Miller, Frank Miller, the yeah. 300. And they were able to take the panels and use those as their storyboarding. But Zack Snyder also did his own and he, he's an amazing artist. Even Frank Miller's like, he's an amazing artist, you know, and yeah. he, he's able to, to, to storyboard with those. So. Uh, they said, you know, Zack Snyder's nothing if he's not prepared, mm, you know, okay. when coming to a film set. So I imagine that preparedness helps for. So a I wonder how how long Frank Miller's the the graphic novel was out before. It came out in '93, I think. Oh, okay, all right. It, it, and it, the movie it was, was 2006. Yeah, Frank Miller had been around for a while. I mean, he he did some stuff, I believe, on uh, Batman and things like that. You know, and and the guy is. Uh, you know, in, in the comic book world, he's he's a genius. You okay. know, I mean, he's he's on the same level as as like you know, the Walking Dead type creator. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it just almost seems like a lot of his productions and his and his books are geared towards let's make a movie out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, or let's mm-hmm. make a TV show out of it. Let's make it more more active. I mean, if you look at the the um, the way that Frank Miller or uh, uh, Zack Snyder did this, is he wanted it to be like panels in a comic book, even the color scheme. You know, like. 
he uh, they used something like a crushed black way of doing it and it, it was just kind of like uh you know almost like a golden hue mm. you know uh, for for the the actual video or you know the video production and everything it was, it was almost like a golden hue and trying to make it relate it towards you know actually what the comic book showed us and how to yeah. the comic book sh- uh, even even the storytelling is is a lot like a comic book mm-hmm. you know if you look at it the storytelling the way that they're doing you know you have a narrator you mm-hmm. know uh, what's his name uh, D- Dolius or Dilius yeah yeah, yeah he, he was the narrator yeah. of the film you know he was the one telling the story basically yeah. you know and and so you know they try to keep it more true to form of, of Frank Miller's stuff you know when Zack Snyder produced this but like you know Matt was saying you know a lot of this that's why he did uh, you know uh He's done Sin City. Sin City. Uh, uh, the Dark Knight Returns. It's the famous one where it's Batman fighting Superman. Yeah. Um, I think he even did some Flash back in the day. Um, yeah, he, he did. Punisher. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he did. He does a lot of this dark, gritty stuff mm-hmm. in his in his book. And and well, Zack Snyder does the dark, gritty stuff just like Frank Miller does. Right. You know? I mean, it was it's it's almost a perfect. Yeah, pairing. it was match made perfect, in heaven. Oh, perfect pairing with these two. I mean, well, that's I, how we I, said I, about I, the boys. You know, the yeah. boys is like. It's like if what would happen if Frank Miller and Zack Snyder got together to do superheroes, and but make it more realistic, and have it, uh, you know, not have the restraints from the studios, yeah. just do whatever whatever they wanted, and yeah. that's what you get with the boys. I mean, yeah. it's that same type of aesthetic. So yeah. you can see that, like Zack Snyder and Frank Miller, even who's who didn't start out in the film industry, you know, how much of an impact they've yeah. had on the, the entertainment. Industry. I mean, I mean, heck, you know, I mean, seriously, when you, when you've got trending on Twitter, you know, Snyder cut, Snyder cut this, Snyder cut that, you know, things like that. When you've got that trending on Twitter, you know, it's like, this guy is a genius. Everybody knows he's a genius, but, but it, you know, it just seems like the guy's always putting handcuffs some one way or another, you know, by production studios and things like that, that they really kind of hold him back on, on what he could actually succeed at, you, you know, we're luckily going to see the Snyder cut next year and, and realize to see what, what Zack Snyder's real vision for the justice league was. And I think it's going to be phenomenal from what we're seeing right now. It's just phenomenal. Wow. With everything that's out right now. Yeah. But I, I also know that the, you know, the reason we didn't get the justice league, Zack Snyder, obviously he had a very personal, uh, family tragedy, yeah. which we don't need to get into or anything, but I mean, he had a very personal family tragedy, he had to step away from the production yeah. and then they brought in Joss Whedon. You know, Zack Snyder, you know, Leonidas, when he was a kid, mm-hmm. that's Zack Snyder's kid. Yeah. Really? That's his son. Yeah. And that's, the guy that was training the kid yeah. was... At the very beginning, like before yeah. the, the messenger comes with the... Yep. Where yep. They're fighting. Okay. yep. And then the guy that was training young Leonidas, is, it was uh, Gerard Butler's uh, stunt uh. double. Um, getting into this, uh, uh, 300, it was uh, released in 2006. It was directed by Zack Snyder. Um, it was also written by Zack Snyder, uh, Kurt Johnstad, and Michael B. Gordon. It was adapted from, uh, obviously, Frank Miller's comic. Um, it stars Gerard Butler uh, as King Leonardo. Uh, Leonardo. Leonardo. <laughs> King Leonardo. <laughs> With his brother Donatello. Prince, Prince Raphael. <laughs> no. But as uh, King, King Leonidas. Um, uh, it also has Lena Headey. Um, uh, Dominic, she's phenomenal in this movie. We've got to say, yeah, we got to agree with that. Right. Queen good. Gorgo. She's she's only mentioned as queen in this movie, but she's she plays. No, she's she's only mentioned the actual name Gorgo in the second in the second one, one. In the yeah, Rise right. of the Empire. Uh, for some reason. They do call her queen in this they, movie, yeah. but not Queen Gorgo. Yeah. Yes, queen. But it's funny because 
you know, in uh, the Queen and in real life, the Queen and Leonidas were actually related, kind of related. Niece and uncle. Really? So, like, she was like the daughter of Leonidas's much older stepbrother, half, yeah, half brother mm, or half brother. Okay. Yeah, and so, so <laughs> you know, she she's she keeps they, finding yeah. roles on incest. You yeah. know, yeah, like, know, she married like somebody, and well, then in Game all, of Thrones. Oh, Game of Thrones. That's she, right. She that's, played that's, Cersei. Yeah. yeah, but she she always plays. If you notice, she plays some very very strong characters and this happens by the way Sarah Connor. yeah this happens just constantly like Matthew will, will he'll get into a rhythm of you know announcing the actors in the movie and then we just I interrupt Start, him and then we just go on. off Got so it. it takes us about a good 45 minutes to actually use to you interrupting me by now so. yeah but you know I mean she's she's always played such strong female lead right you know I mean you look again Sarah Connor I mean that's one of the most iconic female leads in a movie or in a story told you know of all time, you know what I mean? I mean, you got Sarah Connor, you got her from, you know, Cersei from Game of Thrones, and then now her in, in 300. I mean, she, she plays some very, very strong female leads, you know, and she's very good at it, too. I, yeah, she's I, awesome. I love this scene where she tells uh, Leonidas, come back with your shield or on it. Yeah. Well, that was like the, that's like the, do, do one you know of my the favorite story? scenes. You know the story behind that? That's actually was said back in the Roman times because... Roman uh, times. Yeah. The Greek times. The Greek times. <laughs> you just think the red Roman. Yeah, yeah, right, you know, right. Old, yeah. The olden times. Yes, the yeah. olden days. We, we always on the show just say back in the day. Back, back in, in the day. day. Yeah. No, but um, what it was was, um, you know, either it, you came back, you know, if you didn't come back with a shield, you're looked at as being a coward mm-hmm. because what you did is you dropped your shield so you can run faster away. the shields away. are heavy and everything. Yeah. So. But if you died on battle and you were brought back on your shield, that was like the highest honor you could yeah. achieve. But that's why she said come back with your shield or on it because, you know, she she didn't want him to come back as a coward. It, it either, either win or die. Yeah, exactly. Right. And if you, if you came back, you know – if you came back as a coward, you know, I mean, you're, you're shunned. You know, even even the, the narrator of, of the show is actually um, in, in the, the story, in the real story. This this guy was the only one of the 300 to actually survive, but he was looked at as being as a coward because he was sent for an eye infection. It wasn't an eye injury, but it was an eye infection. Delios. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so when he came back, you know, you're thinking, oh, you know, uh, Leonidas sent him home, you know, because... He wanted him to tell the story and went over the council and all this other stuff. But just like Lee and I said at the beginning of the film, that once he perishes, once he dies, it forces Spartan or Sparta to to basically yeah. send in their army. If he dies in battle, if he's assassinated. Yeah. If yeah. he's assassinated, right? So so you know, him sending that guy back kind of was yeah. Let's tell the story, you know, the the messenger and all this stuff. But actually, that that character was somebody really you know real in history and he was actually looked at as a coward up until the last battle the battle at the very end where mm. all the romans were in there and he perished in that actual battle but he was still looked at as a coward for a whole year oh wow be- even though it wasn't something that he chose to do well from what we find out you know he wasn't necessarily chosen to you know go home or whatever but or you know he had no choice in the matter but he was looked at as being a coward until the final battle. Mm. Getting into Dilios, who's played by uh, David Wenham. I, I, I recognize him from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, not Boromir, but Faramir. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which we are also we're going to be talking about on our uh, our season premiere for season two. Correct. We're going to have a pastor from a big church around here come and talk with us about lord of the rings because there's a lot of christian allegories mm-hmm. and everything and uh but that that david wenham guy uh he plays uh dilios and um i think that's what 
is the biggest thing that shows that this wasn't supposed to be um, historically accurate mm-hmm. is because the whole thing is told as like a story, mm-hmm. like you know, like C three PO C three PO tells stories in Star Wars yeah. or whatever. But it's it you know he was no uh, you know even. Uh, King Leonidas says, you know, you have a talent that nobody else does, and that's telling stories and everything. So he yep. was able to tell the story and embellish it and all that. But and this was a real character in history, though. I mean, yeah, uh, one of the main storytellers yeah. that were that used to that used to um, talk about this time and this battle. Uh, he was known as like the father of history, but then also known as the father of lies because he would embellish and just yeah. straight up make up battles yeah. that uh, that have happened before. But 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 you know, I mean, when we say he made up battles, but that one, the most famous one is that Lim- Limpiazia or something like that. I can't. What is it? L- Limpiazia. Don't is... don't try to pronounce Creek words. Okay, yeah, <laughs> but but where you know where, where they built that wall, where they built that wall to kind of bottleneck them in. You know, that was actually a. Um, uh, a real battle and in fact military today actually use that as an example to um basically showing that type of form of battle you know and, and how how successful it is you know mm. did that wall seem weak to you that they built <laughs> right. a little bit it felt like they i mean they had rhinos and elephants right yeah. they could have yeah. just rammed the wall just, with yeah. those things and the and the when when they pushed the wall over just to kill that one guy yeah you know, the one? wall of bodies yeah. or whatever and then They're it was like, just get that one guy one guy <laughs> so, yeah. i thought this whole wall was going <laughs> to yeah. come down on like half we the got army. that like, one oh, dude yeah, yeah. well there's well, a couple like you know i got to look past some of that stuff like the dude's voice too is a little bit much for me well they actually low low oh delios yeah the narrator like it's a little it's a little much it is it but you know what if you like you hear him in lord of the rings he talked like that too yeah right right but he talks like that like you watch lord of the rings and he talks the same exact you know i mean he's he has that very story uh storytelling voice i guess you could say you know it's very dramatic yeah. As as my kid would say, it's very dramatic. Yeah, yeah, it's over the top. Yeah. Another so. thing I really like about Three Hundred though is just the character development, or yeah. the characters in general. Like Xerxes, they did such a good job on yeah. creating that dude. His voice, the way he looked, um, just his arrogance. Everything yeah. about Xerxes was was awesome. Um, Leonidas. It bums me out though, because like when 300 came out, Gerard Butler was like, "I was like, dude, this dude's awesome." And then he just he did after that just <laughs> did rom coms. Yeah, and there's yeah. Like, there's a like, picture there's, of him at a beach no, like two years later, and he's got this big beer I belly. I wonder and what it. the deal was because he like murdered it, right? You're like, okay, yeah. this is the next like Bruce you know Willis who that is, or yeah. whatever. And then he decided yeah. not to do any. He did. Um, he did uh, do the one uh, where they, they kill his wife, and then he blows oh, up. That's the, one I watched that movie. last night. One of my yeah, favorite uh, movies. Law-abiding citizen. Yeah, that movie was Jamie Foxx. Fox yeah. But that's the thing. He did rom-coms for a while, but he's now getting back into kind of – because uh, didn't they have like a one where he was like some kind of like – CIA like remember he's like fallen, soldier oh, he's not yeah, following yeah. the rules yeah. oh, well no the White House down yeah thing. the uh, fallen angel and uh, uh, what is it uh, eagle something, something. no yeah. Den of Thieves is what I'm thinking oh okay. have you ever seen Den of no. Thieves no. So that, that, that's I mean, got that's 50 Cent in it right yeah 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 I think so but I mean you know he 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 wasn't doing much and then he did uh, the Fan of the Opera. Yeah. You know, and he was like, he's like, I don't know how to sing, but whatever. And they let him sing in the movie. Do you know who he day. reminds me of in Hollywood? Who? Hugh Jackman. Him and G- yeah, Hugh Jackman. Bit. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you see Hugh Jackman, you know, came out and it was like the only person, the only thing they anybody knew of Hugh Jackman was Wolverine, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's Wolverine, you know? And then and then you find out he's in uh, La, La, 
he's Les, a Les Mis, and yeah. uh, he's 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 actually has more love for like Broadway mm-hmm. type productions, and and you just like wow, this is just not the same yeah, person a, that you portrayed. You he's know? a showman, yeah, you know. and everything. But I, uh, you know, Gerard Butler. I went see what to, you did there, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> he went to uh, Alan Horn, who was the president at the time of uh, of the Warner Brothers before he went to Disney. And, uh, you know, he's like, you know, the producers are like, dude, we want you and everything, but we got to talk to Alan Horn and everything. He got together with Alan Horn. He's like, you know, look, I'm going to give my all to this. I'm going to bring this character up to a level nobody's ever seen. You got to give me this job. So, you know, his intensity when he's he's yelling and screaming and everything, like, yeah. That's it's been, awesome. It's been parodied mm-hmm. over and over and over Are you, and talking, over about, are you talking about 300? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, his voice in, like, 300, yeah. how he yells with at his soldiers and everything mm-hmm. like that. I mean, it's just so unique because, mm-hmm. like, like for example, in the scene where he kicks the um, the messenger mm-hmm. uh, into the, the well, you know, that in the comic books and what as they were directing, it was supposed to be a quiet, stoic line. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this is Sparta. Mm-hmm. You know, just trying to make your point. And that's how it was in the comic, but it just wasn't working. Mm-hmm. So Gerard Butler's like, you know, let me try it one more time. And so they they, they cut, and nobody knew he was going to do yeah. it, but he was like, yeah. and uh, everybody was kind of like laughing and everything, and he was like, I'm sorry. And the Zack Snyder was like, no, that was awesome. Yeah. Do it again. And so he did again, and that second take is the one that's in the movie. Wow. And that, that's one of the most iconic lines yeah. in the movie ever. I mean, it's not the most iconic, but it is one, it's on that list. You know, I, I think mean, it probably is. So iconic, you yeah. know? And it probably is the and, most and, famous And the fact, and, and I think the most important part of that movie was that little bit of scene right there. I mean, I know it was right at the very beginning, but the fact that, you know, basically the, the messenger for Xerxes comes and tells him, says, you know, hey, all we want is water and earth, you know, and basically just to, you know, praise Xerxes or whatever, just don't, you know, give water and earth, you know, it could could have been anything i mean it could it could they just be wanted meat. submission we just yes, yes. We, we want your submission right and that seems like it's all he wants but he also brought the severed you know crowned heads of other mm-hmm. kings disrespected the queen mm-hmm. and all yep. that but but that that scene where you know it, it basically is showing the course of this man's life and basically the life of sparta in those few bits of scenes where it was just the wind going and everybody was quiet and he was just kind of contemplating what his next step would be or or the fact that he knew that this was going to take him down a road that there's no coming back from mm-hmm. you know i mean just just you know looking up and you know if you notice on the movie a lot of people were just staring in the sky you know almost looking for for some kind of motivation or or either that or doing what the rock does you know where he looks mm-hmm. up all the time and winks mm-hmm. at people well, back and, then they also believed in lots of gods and everything yeah, yeah. like that so but 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 you know it's it's just it was such a, a good scene and i think it was the most important scene because it was basically you know he was at a crossroads there you know mm-hmm. he said okay well i could i could just make something up and then hey be done with it and then probably wouldn't have to deal with cersei's even though we know that that probably wouldn't have been even the outcome even if he went down that road or he could have just kicked some guy in a. In I thought a really you said having pit. to deal with mm-hmm. uh, Cersei. <laughs> well, her, her too, but but no. I mean, immediately after that, you know, he looks to her. You know, he's this almighty king that battled a just just ginormous black wolf that that beat up people, and you know, at age nine was you know fighting for his life out in the wilderness. And what does he do? He looks back. And again, this is like the manliest of manly movies out mm-hmm. there. I mean, it really is. It's like the manliest of all manly movies, you know. But the fact that he looks back at his wife, mm-hmm. 
for approval. I mean, you saw her because, you know, she, she just looked at him and she, and she, she knew what he was wanting to do. And she knew that what he had to do. So she kind of looked at him and nodded at him and, that's when it yeah. that started it all well, you know spartan women are were were almost as tough as the men you yeah know? it was it was you know they, they they had to be they had to be because their their men were out fighting wars so they had to ha- handle anything local and you it, know mm-hmm. and it wasn't just the baby boys that were like inspected when they were younger it was the girls too to make sure yeah. that they could they were healthy enough to bear children that they were going to be strong enough to bear spartan children so you know they were taught to fight they were taught mm-hmm. to wrestle they were taught dancing all this kind of stuff to build their bodies up strong enough you know to mm-hmm. be able to have these spartan babies and everything so you know now now ryan let me ask you this do you think that if they took out all that weird stuff that it was just the fights and you know a, a couple encouraging words from leonidas and stuff like that do you think this movie would have been as ex- successful or do you think that because of the the weirdness i guess in the movie it it made it that much what do more. you what do you mean the weird like the, the well, guy with the claw arms and stuff yeah and and making an importance with the oracle i mean i understood where they went with that but it was just like they really kind of dwelled into that storyline if they removed some of that or the guy with the weird hands and and uh you know um like the immortals being demons mm-hmm. because in the history it actually says the immortals were were real people mm-hmm. you know i mean and I know that there were real people in the movie, but what it, what they were referring to him is that they were actually immortal demons because mm-hmm. he says immortal demons on there. But, you know, taking away all that kind of weirdness, in it, do you think that the battles could have stand, you know, stood alone in this film to make it as successful as it really was? Are you saying if this movie was made more historically? Yes, accurate? correct, correct. Um, I think I think I think people would not be able to relate it to their own personal struggles um if it was yeah. just a historically accurate film yeah. like all this crazy yeah like the immortals and all that all that i i feel like it allows me when i'm watching the movie to also have uh some imagination with it and apply it to my own life like yeah, yeah these these immortal demon yeah the guy with the claws yeah. all this stuff you know um uh, it, it, yeah, it's. I'm not thinking too much about the the historical accuracy. I'm right. able to have a little bit more fun fun watching it. Right. Um, I love like like another one of my favorite movies I referred to earlier was is uh, Saving Private Ryan, and that movie is important to me in a different way, and it's more the historical yeah. accuracy. So I'm in a different you know frame of mind when I'm watching that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm thinking more like you know it's inspiring uh, yeah, it's in inspiring that oh this these guys yeah. went through this yeah. you know and then as opposed to 300 it's so out there that yeah, it's it like really you know i i uh, i try to draw my own inspiration from it because it's i'm not watching it for the historical accuracy right 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 i'm watching it just for the inspiration now do you do you think do you think you're drawn towards more like historical like battles like world war ii type movies yeah, you know 100 so you're more drawn to that 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 masculine side of Hollywood in yeah. a way I guess yeah. we could refer to you Movie, know? what was the old TBS thing movies for guys who like movies do you remember that <laughs> do you remember that I, I do yeah I thought it was TV for guys that like TV no it was like on like it was on TBS yeah. or TNT yeah, or something okay. there's like you know this weekend on you know movies for guys who like movies yeah. and it would always be like Cobra or Predator or something you know something with Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> yeah. or Sylvester Stallone but, but in something. reality you know this movie too I mean it is again it's like the manly if I said the manliest of all manly movies but but I mean you still you know with with Hedy's character 
it just shows you know how strong the 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 Spartan women were too you know so I mean yeah. it's, it's it is very encouraging for for you know men to stand up and be men you know but it's also kind of in a way for women to show that there are strong women that don't have to yeah I like I like seeing I like seeing um the character I like seeing the king respecting the queen and the queen respecting Absolutely. the king. And I think every man wants that in in their in their queen. Yeah, they want just to as be strong as the king. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know I'm sure you know I I want you know I want my queen to want me to uh, come back on my sh- or yeah. you know the shield thing yeah come back on my shield shield yeah Yeah, like i want someone that you know and i think every man does and i think every woman really wants that man too to to go to go to go battle to go you know uh go do your best or go make the sale or whatever you know go do your thing um so yeah i'm really drawn to that too i love i love the relationship between leonidas it really is it's an amazing thing to see that that it's you know you could tell that, that there are probably a lot of things that they don't agree with. I mean, they're they're both pretty kind of stubborn, headstrong type yeah. people, you know. But but at the same time, they support each other, you yeah. know, which is which is a great analogy to pull away from the movie. Is just, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of blood and guts, and it's just it's a very entertaining movie to watch. But I mean, pulling something like that, you know, like the relationship aspect out of that movie. I think I think it's it's very important, yeah. you know. It really is, and and just the, the same thing with the kids too. You know, it's like these kids at nine years old are getting sun off to the wilderness. If they die, they die. If they come back, they come back, you mm-hmm. know? And, and it's like nowadays, if you were to pull anything like that, you know, I mean, you'd be put in jail and your kids would be taken away from oh, yeah. you. And, but I mean, I'm not saying that in particular, but I mean, it's just, you know, kids. And then nowadays but, are, are very yeah. coddled. You the know? big, the big difference between um, like what we're experiencing right now and what, what Spartans experienced is, we have to kind of find out what we're supposed to do with our life. Yeah. As a Spartan boy, exactly. you, from the, from the time you're five yep. years old, you're a warrior. Yep. No, you don't have to, you're not, what do I, do I want to study marketing? Do I yeah. want, like, am <laughs> I, you know, am I a mass, am I strong? Am I, can I do this? Yeah. No, they're, you're told you would have been thrown off the cliff. Yeah. You're a fucking warrior. That's yeah, what you yeah. Are. yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you look at it, look at the Arcadia people. I mean, cause the Arcadias are basically like another, probably a smaller town in Sparta area that, that are not Spartans, but they're, they're allies with the Spartans and, um, they're Greeks. But, they're Greeks. They're free Greeks is what they kept on calling them. But, but you know, the thing about it is you hit the nail on the head right there with saying that, you know, where where the guy from Arcadia was like, you only brought 300 people. And then he, he asked all these people in the Arcadia what Army their jobs were. what their jobs were. And they were like sculptor right. and this and that. And then he, then he asked the Spartans, he said, what's their job? Basically to be soldiers. They didn't yeah. answer, though. Yeah, yeah. All they said was, ooh. This, yeah. Hoorah. Yeah. <laughs> rah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, it's no. It, Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say there's there's a book called Gates of Fire by an author named Stephen Pressfield, and he has a he had a talk on it. Um, he's actually he's a uh, author. He wrote Tides of War. He's that's a um, the the Polynesian conflicts, and um, he's a he's a pretty big author within like the special operations community in the military. A lot of guys read him, and um, he g- gave this talk though about yeah about the difference between like what we're going through right now and what. Um, Spartans w- went through essentially, and mm-hmm. it's so much of our life is trying to figure out our purpose. So yeah. much, all the way up, you know. Um, and if you know, so 
do I want, do I, I'm so grateful to be, you know, in an, an American right now, but yeah, that's, it's a different kind of battle that we're, that we're battling. Yeah. And it's, it's, we're battling weakness. We're yeah. battling, um, you know, uh, the Peter Pan syndrome yep. of, of, you know, don't want to grow up, yeah. you know, taking uh, responsibility. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, well, it's just, I mean, again, it goes to the fact of, you know, our, our, our generation, you know, each generation is slowly pulling away from everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you're getting to the point where, you know, you're, you're, they want us to forget our history. They want us to bury the history. They want to start anew, you know, but also, you know, it's, it's now you can get groceries, you know, ordered, brought to your house and almost to the point of putting them away in your cabinets, you know, now, you know, where, where you don't have to have any kind of socialization, you know, so, so it's just becoming a lot of drone type or, you know, yeah. I think of Wally, you know, that, you know, all these, uh, the extremely obese idiocracy, Wally, yeah. dude, but, it, it blows me away. Like if you really think about how overly comfortable our lives are, um, yeah. to the point where like, if this, if this temperature in this room is just, a, yeah. just, if it's just a hair too hot, we can push a button, right. And yeah, make right. it. Like, oh, I don't want, I don't like three pillows. I want two pillows. I mean, it's to the point where, like, I don't really yeah. like this shirt anymore. It makes my eyes look a little yeah. weird. I'll wear the, you know, like. Everything's we're about so, control. Oh, my God. And we're so, we're too comfortable, man. Yeah. We're too comfortable. This um, is the peak of where humans were trying to get to was, yeah. was to make things. I mean, that's the that's the, 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 the necessity make, for invention. Make life autonomous, yeah. you is, know. Is to make life easier, to make yeah. things easier. And so now we've kind of yeah. reached that pinnacle. And you see what it's kind of doing to yeah. this world. You know, it's it's it, you know the, the whole the whole Spartan culture, uh, you know, the, their their entire purpose was for war. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Their 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 people they would throw you know babies out that that weren't going to be good enough soldiers. You know the the people that weren't good enough to be soldiers they'd be on the lower the lower tier of the pyramid. The most beautiful women in the village were oracles and, and slaves mm-hmm. and. So, no. I mean, uh, everything was focused on war because you lived yeah. in those times of world domination and war. And so that was the, that was the they had an entire society, an entire people that were training for war. Um, do you think that that's a I guess, we're, you know, we're obviously in a lot of different times mm-hmm. nowadays. But do you, do you think that should be a necessity um, nowadays, you, like you know, you have places like Brazil and Israel, Israel yeah. where they make their citizens serve at least a year or two years or whatever mm-hmm. it is in the military mm-hmm. to learn, you know, pride for the nation, to learn, you know, yeah. the, the jobs that the armed forces do, and, and mm-hmm. to learn responsibility and stuff. Do you think that America should do that? Um, Require a couple of years of military service because I know there's a lot of people out there I saying that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> Unfortunately, I mean, I don't think we are. I don't know. If, I don't know if I'd want everybody in the military. <laughs> kind of goes against personal freedoms too. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know if I'm, I'm. I'm into that idea. I mean, you know, I feel like if you if you have that calling, I mean, if that's something that's tugging on you, um, do you think that would bring us together more as a country to have that to have everybody understand what military goes through, what all these services do you know to protect the general community do you think that would give us a sense of township a sense of more of a sense of community because it's nothing but splitting apart and yeah and and throwing rocks at each other yeah. all this kind of stuff it's rough right it's, now yeah i mean i think i think we have a lot of ideological issues right now that yeah. we have to get taken care of before we we all tried to 
you know, do something where we were all, you know, going through the same military training or everybody had to experience the same yeah. calling to, to duty, honor, country, all that. I, I don't know. I mean, I, this is just a wild time, man, to be alive. This is a wild. I've never, I've, I don't, you know, it's hard, hard for me to really, um, hard for me to really say anything in, in either direction because I feel like things are, are changing so rapidly that I'm, I'm scared to be caught really, on the wrong side of it. All, yeah. You know? Like things are turning on a dime quick. Yeah. And so I'm kind of in observation mode right now. I'm not, I'm kind of doing more listening than speaking about, about anything political or, um, to, to, uh, what's the word? Um, uh, too opinionated, you know. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of just observing right yeah. now. I'm yeah. observing folks and there, there's what's a, happening. There's a, a common line in the Pirates movie, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, you know, talking about how the world is getting smaller mm-hmm. because you know they're covering more of it. There's yeah. more yeah. people living there, and now more so than ever with the internet, with social media and everything, yeah. the world's so small now. So it's like, you know, every single thing that happens gets posted on social media mm-hmm. any every time any type of crime anything like that and people are like what is going on you know all this violence but i mean it's always been like that mm-hmm. not that it should be excused but it's always been like that but we're just seeing more of it now because well, everything is yeah. recorded on a phone yeah, everything yeah. is and then you got you know news organizations and i won't say who but you know news organizations from both sides and all over um putting stuff out there that you know that are opinionated instead of reporting facts and news mm-hmm. like maybe your local news or the weather mm-hmm. channel might do or whatever well they used to have opinionated, opinionated sections in the newspaper where it was just opinions mm-hmm. you know and then you know facts on the other side of it you know what i mean but it's just it's it's so crazy right now and and what's what's funny about watching this movie is you know the birth birthplace of democracy came from Greek you know Greece you know they they were the birthplace of democracy Greeks and the Romans yeah yeah but but you know you see you see these in this movie you see the the politicians in this movie and they're all slimy scumbags I mean yeah. you know the 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 soldiers you know and and it's kind of like nowadays you know it's you know you got a lot of politics and most of these politicians are. You can't really believe anything they say, you know what I mean? And 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 just like in this movie, you can't really trust anything that they say mm-hmm. because, you know, they're going to tell you one thing and then next go around they're going to mm-hmm. tell you something totally different just like what uh what's his face did in this movie to to the queen. Mm-hmm. You know, he he practically you know took advantage of her. You know, yeah, she she did kind of, you know, take her clothes off right mm-hmm. there, but but you know, he did he took it a little too far on that end of it and then and then you know trying to you know she's trying to win his vote basically and his sway because you know he's pretty much the head of the the government there the local government even though they have a monarchy you know he he's she's he's trying like to certain members in our own senate mm-hmm. that uh well you know that will influence exactly but that that's what i'm saying it's just you know you've got two sides to that coin you know you've got the You've got the military who's pretty much ruled, you know, ruled and ran by the king, you know, and then you have the government that really kind of makes the rules, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, that they have to follow. And, you know, it kind of almost didn't seem like they were agreeing, you know, their religion was what's controlling that government. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's why you have the nowadays you have separation of church and state because, you know, having one entity the way they believe you know trying to push that other beliefs on other people is not Mm -hmm. always the best thing you know for for everybody involved you know i mean Mm -hmm. um but 
again, you know, you see, you seeing the underbelly of this in just a little hint of it, you know, in this movie, you know, I mean, everybody watching this movie thinking, okay, you know, it's just basically let's murder, murder, kill, kill, you know, I mean, pretty much throughout the whole movie, but then you feel, you know, you see these little side bits right here, you know, about politics and, and, you know, saying probably some truths to this, you know, mm -hmm. some of this might've actually happened during this period of time, you know, and, and it, it just, it, it's weird to see this in this type of movie. I feel, mm -hmm. you know, it just kind of is like, you know, maybe if there was more in depth into the government or the background, but I mean, it's kind of a murder, murder, kill, kill movie, you mm -hmm. know? So yeah, when you're watching it, you just kind of, mm -hmm. it, it just, the, some of these other characters are very slimy. I think. Yeah. yeah. Do you, uh, do you ever flinch at movies from, you know, let's say at least a decade or more ago, which have things that you would never see in movies or TVs nowadays. Oh yeah, because um, I've gotten to the point now where I flinch because I'm like, oh, that's gonna offend somebody, you know. They, oh yeah. they, this and that. 100%. I mean, there was a few lines in this movie. One is, you know, when uh, you know Leonidas was trying to put down Xerxes and his army. You know, he's like, you know, talking about his women. He's like, you don't know our women. He's like, I might as well have marched them up from what I've seen, you know, yeah. implying yeah. that uh, they're just women, you know, or yeah. whatever. Or, right. you know, the one guy, give, uh, Michael Fassbender, giving that uh, the captain's son crap saying, you know, you fought good today for a woman. For a woman, yeah. And things like that. And then in that same conversation, they said something like, you know, offering offering your backside to the thespians, mm -hmm. you know, implying, you know, with, with you know, making fun of them for homosexual tendencies. Well, or with whatever. Athens, too. You know, the Af Athens, he says, he says, uh, uh, boy, boy, well, lovers. boy lovers. But they they kind of were, and actually the Spartans. Uh, Spartans I was going to say the Spartans. There's the, there's that going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So cool. I mean, but do you see that with movies nowadays? With yeah. like old oh. ones that you see? And I, I mean, was watching one the feel? other day. Um, it was a kids movie, actually. What was it? Um, I think there might have been some of that stuff in the Mask, the Jim Carrey, mm -hmm. the Mask. Oh yeah. Um, there's a couple. I don't remember what it was, but there's a couple of things where I was like, oh, there's no way that there's no way that would have happened. But do you think um, that's a good thing? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think, um, if it's meant as a joke or whatever. Yeah. I, th I think it's dangerous being over to being overly cautious, um, of not offending people, uh, that there's danger in that, I think, uh, because there's no, there's no, the end of that is like, is like, uh, Basically, everybody in their own bubble. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you followed that framework all the way to the end, that that's like total control, right? Yeah, and you can't do that. So there's that's a slippery slope, like authoritarian type of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but I like but I think it's important. Um, I think it's also important to believe that people can be offended and believe that that's their reality, and not tell them just like to shut up or grow up, right? Because there's things that, like, you know, um, that probably would offend me that maybe wouldn't offend other people. And and even, you know, if – if I mean, I don't know. And you're That's okay actually, just ignoring a, it and walking away, but some yeah, people might not be able to. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to be considerate. Right. Um, as far as – as like censoring censoring things just to not offend people i think that that can be dangerous it's a, it's a slippery slope and and if this year is indicative of mm -hmm. of anything of how quickly things can change mm -hmm. yeah the idea of really escalate. doing any big changes right now scares me yeah, yeah. Um, because the cancel culture i mean you know pe people are actually getting you know to the point of 
you know, there's pe- even movie stars and stuff like that, you know, where I don't feel it's like... It's affecting it, comedians a lot, it, it, Especially comedians, you know, right. because, yeah. I mean, you get, except for, you know, like, you get comedians like Ricky Gervais who does not care what anybody thinks of him. He will go after anybody, But I think you he's know? going overboard lately because of this culture, because... No, no, that's what I was saying. Yeah, that's the point I was getting And, and at. a lot of comedians are like, this is dangerous to start canceling people, yeah. because, I mean, that's their whole lifeblood. Mm-hmm. That's the yeah. only way they know how to process yeah, they, certain yeah. things in this world, is to turn it into their, you know, their, yeah. their comedy routine or yeah. whatever, you know? we talked about in Cobra we, Kai uh, with the, the Johnny character um, or Keanu Reeves and Bill and Ted yeah but I mean like Keanu like like uh, Johnny remember he was talking about the uh, the guy who had the hair lip and everything yeah. and he was giving him crap for it and there you know the people were there were just like oh you know you can't and he's like look this kid's gonna get made fun of this for the rest of his life yeah. he can either choose to keep cowering or he can choose to find a way to overcome that or to not let that you know find to find a way to to deal with the awful people that you're going to meet in this world Mm -hmm. and everything and now i don't think that relates to everybody in every situation or anything like that can you imagine trying to apply those ideals today to a movie like 300 you know what in 2006 you know what i mean i mean i mean even bill and ted they're they i know you know but what i'm saying is like like you know Applying everything, you know, that people are getting canceled for nowadays, applying it to 300, you know, I mean, people could just look at it and say, okay, this is a chauvinistic uh, uh, patriarchy uh, garbage fest or whatever, you know, I mean, whatever insults you want to throw at it, you know, because you're offended in some form or fashion. But this, you can actually, if you watch this movie and you apply the same principles that they're applying today, this movie wouldn't have survived. I mean, this movie would have probably not even got off the shelves. You looking know? at so many movies, I, I don't know if you've heard about what the Academy just did, the Oscars. <sighs> so they set up this new thing where um, it can't even be a movie can't even be considered as best movie unless it has at least one of the main or supporting characters have to be a person of color, or one of the main or supporting characters has to be. Uh, a member of the LGBT uh, community Hmm. um, or uh, something else. Mm -hmm. But but basically they're not judging it on a movie Mm. now that, you know, they're judging it on, well, you got to have this. So, I mean, that's, I think that's the overboard that gets to it's Mm -hmm. like, I get why they're doing that and why, you know, they want more inclusion and everything. But I mean, now we start changing all those standards and you know maybe it starts with music or movies mm-hmm. but now how is that going to carry on to the, the but how the far do you go lives? though that's how, what I'm saying. how far are they going to go with it you know and it's like you know uh, when, when does I, it but i understand like you and know people excusing pedophiles and stuff yeah i mean <clears throat> i can understand i mean there 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 definitely is marginalized uh, people in the United States and there's people that um, have been under you know systemic corruption racism that, that's been a problem bigotry and stuff yeah like that. I mean it's yeah, been definitely. a problem and and I think we're trying to figure out how to fix that um, maybe this you know these new rules and things like that maybe that's not going to fix it but maybe it's an attempt to okay how how are we how can we actually into this um and i think everyone's trying just kind of trying to figure out how to do it yeah um for the longest time i mean you know i watched this documentary called 13 i don't know if you guys saw that on netflix i've seen it on netflix yeah yeah it's um 
I just I learned a whole bunch of stuff um, that I didn't know before, and it's pretty wild. Like the Thirteenth Amendment essentially is um, a so slavery is abolished unless they are prisoners, essentially. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't realize this, but like in the eighties, crack so crack and cocaine that's the same drug, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. White people do coke and black people do crack. If you got if you got caught with crack, you were going to prison for a long time. If you yeah. got caught with coke, you weren't. Yeah. That's that's that I, that I was get, on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so there's there we're, we're I think we're trying to reverse that stuff, and I applaud it. Uh, I don't I'm I don't know the solution, man. I, I I'm not even going to try to. That's why I'm being real careful about being too opinionated on either w- what people are doing right or wrong. Um, I yeah. think right now we need a lot more listening than talking. Um, unfortunately. Yeah. Social media and has made made it very easy for people to to feel like their their opinions are really valid because what people end up doing is 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 only following and 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 uh, only following what they what, what supports their with. own bias. Right. So they're going through their Facebook and maybe there's just a one or two people that are kind of contrarian or maybe that are, that are on the opposite side or yeah. something. So they're, they're, they're not seeing a, 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 a news feed of like a bunch of different opinions and they're usually all opinions that just yeah. agree with your own. Yeah. Like yeah. my Facebook probably looks a lot different than Andrew's. Facebook. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so, to, and so then you start getting that information very quickly and it. And, and so it's easy to like, write something that mimics what you're following yeah and, and an echo then, chamber yeah echo chamber but then it you know you're one or two people that you do have on there that's just wildly different yeah um that comes across theirs and it's it sticks out like a sore thumb from what they're following yeah. you know what i'm saying so but you don't know this because everybody's engaging with you and giving you the like and saying yeah i agree with you and blah 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 because that's who you've Pick, that's that's who you choose to share this with. Yeah. So everybody, like, I don't know how these other people don't understand that this is why this is that way, and if they do this and blah 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 blah. But the people on the other side have the same val- validation. Yeah. They're getting the same amount of approval from their followers and whatnot. Well, I think I think a big problem too is that, you know, when people are trying to get a point across their point, you know, it's like a surgeon using a, a hammer rather than a scalpel. You know, it's not so much they're trying to do it with finesse or not trying to do it, you know, an easier way or a way that would would cause better understanding. They're doing it more so of like just shove it, slam it in your face. You either accept it if you don't mm-hmm. accept it, then, you know, peace out. I'll never talk to you again. I hate your guts. Kind and, of and going overboard for the sake of one upmanship right, or, right, or yeah. whatever. It may and be. and it's, it makes us feel safe. I mean, our our, our ego is is this you know psychological construct that we have that keeps us safe it keeps us identified with what has previously in our life uh, allowed us to be socially survivable allowed us to to be able to continue living right and so when you when you see your group your group that you identify with kind of all start going in a direction you got to go in that direction you, yeah. or you have to fight your um I mean that that's that's what you naturally do. That's what your ego wants to do. Um, but I mean, if you can kind of zoom out and and observe yourself like an avatar, like a character, yeah. 
and try to be a lot more bipartisan and not so much, you know, POV. I think it would help everybody. Um, yeah, and right. it, it, this it is probably, a, just it's a, yeah, it's just a while. It's a wild time. We're very divided, and people's ego, both people's people's groups are are very agitated. So we're getting yeah. more disconnected. We're getting more isolated. We're getting more you versus them, me versus you. Um, and it's it's I've never seen this. I mean, of course, I've you know I'm only 35, but I don't think this we've been this divided. confrontational and divided with each other. Um, for I, I mean I don't know, but now politics. I don't talk politics really because it's it's too it's it supersedes our love for each other as fellow yeah. Americans yeah. and. And it's like, dude, I, I, I want, I mean, we're killing each other. Yeah. And if yeah. you so, say one certain thing, people are going to automatically in their head put you in a category. Yeah. yeah. And then anything you say after that goes through that filter yeah. that they put And, and I've got to admit, I've done that to myself. I do that with movies. I do that with actors that, that, you know, like I refuse to, you know, watch anything this to certain actors in just because of that. And I had to pull myself, you know, it, it happened pretty recently. I had to pull myself away from, from the politics of the world and just you know do like you did you know you know every once in a while i might insert a little thing here and there but not like it used to be Mm -hmm. because i found myself i would cause myself stress because of news Mm -hmm. you know and anxiety because of news that was on the news that i had no control over Mm -hmm. you know and then you find yourself that you know this these generations coming along you know are every single person has anxiety depression bipolarism you know whatever Mm -hmm. you know it's everybody's dealing with that you know and and back in the day you know like during the 300 time you know people didn't deal with that it was mm-hmm. it was it was a it was a solid well they probably did but it just wasn't yeah but they didn't know what much. it was their yeah. pathway in life was a lot more uh planned out you know it was it was a lot yeah, more you're a warrior you knew you, where you're you were and, going. You're, and you're exactly. valuable you're a you're a spark exactly. it was about family and it was about country and yeah. That's, yeah that's basically what and, it was and and that's where i think that i think we've fallen a problem with you know nowadays you know because again with the division you know, it's one way or another, you know what I mean? So then you fall fall out of, you know, I guess love of your country in a sense, you know, where, where your ideals are more more important than a country that's been established for over 200 years. You know, um, those ideals that have worked this, this long, your ideals of 35 or 39 or 40 years old, you know, your ideals have not been as, as stoked and as, as formed as the countries. And so then you get to the point where you, and you know, you people hate the country and hate this and hate that, you know, we're back then, you know, during the 300 time, you know, they love their country, you know, that the ultimate thing for a Spartan was to die in service to his country, you know, and that was the ultimate death. That's what all Spartans strived to die from. Like if you die from old age, you know, you could kind of seem that, you know, people would be offended by that, you know, during that time. But if you died at a younger age for your country, that was the ultimate, ultimate uh, sacrifice you can make, you know, and we used to be like that. You know, this country used to be a lot like that, you know, where not saying that they strive to die for our country, but you know, that, that was what was important. Not this cancel culture nonsense that's going on nowadays. But we are all like that, but we have to understand that that was our worldview and that was our parents' worldview and, and, and the people that we know and everything. But there's a whole other, 
different classes of, of, yep. of people and citizens out there that never felt that, that, that always felt pushed down and, 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 and something that, you know, things that we can't understand. So, you know, I, I, uh, I think, you know, what you were saying before, it's important to, um, to yeah. at least listen. Yeah. Just believe, like what I say is I believe that you believe that that's all, that's yeah. all. I mean, as fervent as you are <laughs> in, in your ideals and what you believe is true, like I believe that that's what I believe that. Yeah. Um, and I believe that the person that you're arguing is just as positive as you are. So there's, you know, there's something called the law of polarity and it's that everything has its opposites and the opposites actually create each other. Like, yeah. like a, a good example is, um, is cold water creates hot water like yeah. that's what creates hot water is the cold water mm -hmm. like the republican creates the democrat the only yeah. reason there's a democrat is because there is a republican so the more that you more republican you are the more democratic they are exactly. the more conservative you are the more liberal they are so yeah. so if you kind of release your your white knuckle grip on your on your i your side it will it will kind of release on their side it, yeah. but it just feels like you know you have to fight because you're so you know that i'm i believe in this so much so much but just know that there's somebody that's the other side of the coin like that that believes just as fervently as you do yeah. and if and if if you know that if you're having a conversation on Facebook or with or with a friend or something and they're they're trying to convince you to kneel at the at the national anthem, right? Yeah. Do you think anybody could convince you that that's the right thing to do? No. Yeah. It's yeah. the same way you're not going to convince exactly. them. Exactly. The exact yeah. same way. So yeah. there's no point in even doing it. I think I think if we lead with love yeah. and just say, "Look, I believe that I believe you. I believe that that is as important to you as you as you tell me that it is." And yeah. I don't understand it, but um I know that you are me and your version. Right, right. And I I, I you know. And it you, doesn't it doesn't make any, you know, whether or not you believe one way or another, it doesn't make that person a bad person. No, you know, it just because just because they believe in something totally opposite, they're not an idiot. Right. Know, it just means that their experiences a, were different yeah. than yours. Yeah, they're not an evil person. They're not a horrible person. It doesn't mean that they didn't go through uh, a bunch of crap in their lives. You know, just no. like you didn't go, th you know, it doesn't mean that you didn't go through a bunch of crap in your life. Everybody goes through some crap in their life. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of how you handle it from then on, you know. Right. And, and, and I think, you know, again, with this, what's great about this movie is it really kind of uh, puts a lot of stuff in perspective. And then when you first watch it, you're like, okay, this is a manly, manly movie. Then you look but, you at know, the differences between their society and our society. Yeah, and it's more of a belief movie. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's it's contradicting beliefs from different people. One wants to conquer the other one. I mean, Cersei didn't even technically want to conquer Sparta. It just wanted Sparta to be under, you know, bend the knee to Cersei's. You know, it, he didn't want to, you know, anything from Sparta besides... Uh, uh, submission, you know, well, the and, Greek, the Greek spanked his dad a few uh, years yeah. earlier, so mm -hmm. he, he did well. well and then they come back and spank uh, him, uh, too, so. there. yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, getting back to this movie real quick before we wrap up, do you have a favorite line, a favorite scene, or anything like that? Uh, I got a, I got a couple, okay. uh, yeah, when when the queen tells him to come back with your shielder on it, that, that was huge. I love that scene, uh, of course, the this is Sparta scene that gets, I mean, I get goosebumps every time I see that, yeah, rewind it, and repeat yeah, it. and then. And um, and then the end. I mean, the end's powerful. Uh, where where he he kneels, but really he's you know he's he's 
get in position for the other dude to jump off of him and 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 finish off the fight and and they knew that they're gonna die yeah and he calls so, out for his wife Did i like that, that? Yeah. yeah i was gonna and say that. my like, queen in yeah. that scene where he said you know my queen and then he kind of thinks about it and he goes no my wife my yeah. love it was like in his final his final minutes mm-hmm. He, he was trying to say queen, but then he disconnected from that and said, no, my wife. So then all he was thinking about, not, not Sparta anymore, not any of that. He was just thinking about his yeah. wife, his love, who he could never really come out mm. with because it might make him weaker going to right. battle. Or and whatever. she, under, you know, the wife understands that too. You know, I mean, it's almost like if you were to come out and physically say to her, I love you or later, babe, see you later, <laughs> you know, um, that kind of situation you could you could almost see that that probably would offend her you know she mm-hmm. she doesn't want her man to be you know like the the beta beta male mm-hmm. or the alpha male you mm-hmm. know i mean she wants him to be the alpha male not the beta right. male you know that kind of situation well, it's a long history of wives yeah. seeing yeah. you know seeing mm-hmm. their husbands off to war yeah. and now you know of course we have wives going off to war as well now yeah. but uh do you have a favorite scene favorite line I, you know it, it's weird to say but the humpback guy or whatever you know what, what he was talking to him about how his story of, mm. yeah yeah uh and and you know what a fealties means in in greek it, it means basically traitor, traitor you know yeah. uh it, it, that his name means traitor and in, in, in but i mean just the the way he was talking about how you know it it was his mother's love that prevented him from being killed, you know, mm-hmm. because his, you know, it didn't say, oh, my dad wanted us to leave. He said, my mother's love uh, caused us to move out of Sparta so that, you know, he could survive. But he still wanted to take up the mantle of a Spartan, even though he physically couldn't do it and, you know, you know, it proved that he couldn't do it. But he just still had that drive. And it just goes to show that, you know, just because you're not a soldier in Sparta doesn't mean that you don't have that love for your country, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, and even as a person that would have generally been murdered, you know, as a baby mm-hmm. immediately, but still have the love for mm-hmm. his country, even though that's what happens to people like mm-hmm. him. Yeah. yeah. I, I, th- I think my favorite scene has to do with the fealties, and it's, it's when um, he's kneeling or he's about to kneel, he's dropping all his stuff, and he points his spear at him. And he says, hey, you. And he looks at him and he goes, just very softly. I mean, because this guy is so intense, the whole movie, yelling mm-hmm. and screaming and everything. But just very softly, he goes, may you live forever. And you could take that as yeah. kind of like a soft little nod. But, you know, what it really means is, you know, a Spartan's uh, uh, goal to achieve is to achieve glory, which means death on the battlefield. Yeah. For your country. And so it was actually a wicked insult yeah. for that time. Dude, I never... Being a Sparta. Yeah. Saying, I never thought... I never saw it that way. Yeah, saying, may that, you, may that's you, why, may yeah, you live never, forever. And he's like, you know, may you never have that glory of dying yeah. on the battlefield. So you can take it as kind of a soft moment, but if you look into it, you could also take it as... Damn. Yeah, because that, that's why we reaction, Yeah, his reaction was like, yeah. oh, oh, like, no, like that's the worst him. thing you could have well, said. Well, yeah. and, yeah. and that's why we said it in the theater, too, you know, when we were talking yeah. about it. We were just like, uh, I was like, burn, you know, yeah. because, you know, we understood that symbolism there. And, and, and you know, that Zack Snyder even ca- cut out uh, the scene. And basically, after the end of the movie or, you know, after the Spartans died, he ends up killing himself, like jumping mm. over, over the cliff, ju- you know, committing suicide and everything else like that. Because... Again, you know, that's the biggest insult, you know. Yeah. yeah, he wanted all the riches and stuff like that. But again, he came back to the fact that he was trying to talk to Leonidas, talk him down, you mm-hmm. know. Even, and you were but, talking about that love he had for yeah, his country, for even his though country. he would have been thrown out. Yeah. And he had just betrayed everything that he... But it also goes out. to show that he did not understand. He understood the love 
for the country, but he didn't understand what it took to be a Spartan, Mm -hmm. you know, because he was just like, you know, come on, Leonidas. But, you know, as a Spartan, one of the number things they do not retreat, Mm -hmm. you know, they do not give up. They do not retreat. And, and he, you know, the, the humpback shouldn't, I keep hunchback, whatever, should have known that, you know, he understood the love for the country, but he didn't understand what it was to be a Spartan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he couldn't lift his shield. So he couldn't be a Spartan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, uh, where, where can people find you at Ryan? Yeah. You can visit ricoroofing.com. Uh, that's my website. I'm also on Instagram. I'm Ryan Conley. Facebook, I guess is Ryan Conley. Yeah. I don't know. How do you you mean the letters, (laughs) the letters I am. Ryan Conley, not, yeah, I'm, not like I am, I am, yeah, I yeah. am, I, yeah, Conley. I'm, I'm, I'm. We had the same <laughs> issue on your show. You need to change your name. Yeah, <laughs> actually, that, my old Instagram was I am Ryan Conley, like with an A, and then I, yeah, yeah, it was I am Ryan Conley, and then I suspended it for a I while. I got off social. Saying, am or am? <laughs> I, I am a m. Gotcha. I, it used that's what it used to be, yeah. and then. I deactivated it just to kind of take a social media break yeah. mm-hmm. and I didn't know it but if you if you stay off of it for too long they'll delete it and oh, so okay. they del- so and I had to get back on as and I couldn't use I am I took it no you haven't I did. <laughs> give it back <laughs> give it back yeah. no but if you need a roof uh ricoroofing.com and I can personally vouch for Ryan because he did my roof, and uh, it was a very choice. Yeah. Uh, did a good job. Ryan was over here basically both days that they were here, staying on top of uh, not that he needed to, but you know, just making sure you know workers are doing what they need to do. Cleanup mm-hmm. was great. Our roof looks fantastic, and uh, you guys were really able to help us out and awesome and and everything. So uh, definitely give uh, Ryan a shout out if you're in the DFW area. Or, you know, anywhere in the country. I mean, Ryan is, is, is hooked in and he's networked with a lot of different people around the country. So, I mean, if, if you want to get on there, if you're looking for a roof and you have absolutely nowhere to uh, have no absolutely no idea where to start, yeah. contact Ryan. He'll, he'll, if he can help you, he'll help you. If he can put you into contact with somebody that can help you, he'll do that as well. So yep. definitely give them a shout out. Hey, I really appreciate you coming in. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, I appreciate all the influence that you've yeah. had in helping us and helping me get off my butt to, uh, to get this show. Yeah, running. dude, I'm so proud of you guys. Um, I, I appreciate you having me on. This has been awesome. Um, I love, I love being involved in what you guys are building. And, and like I said, man, I'm, I'm positive that this is the very, very beginning. Nice, so, nice. Awesome. We really and like I said, if, if you got any ideas, you want to do another, come on the uh, show and do another movie. Let us know. Yeah, we're always down. If you I have it. an open invitation, anytime. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, okay. man, I was watching this movie. I yeah. really like it. I want to come talk about. I want to come talk about. Yeah, we'll absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. um, if you guys want to get a hold of us, uh, we're on Twitter at the Post Credit. Um, we're also on Facebook and Instagram at uh, the Post Credit Podcast, and uh, our email is uh, thepostcreditpodcast at gmail.com. We appreciate you guys listening, and uh, we'll see you next season. And throw me a bone.